everybody. Welcome to Spill the Novelty, where three girlies shout into the void about our latest book hot takes and obsessions. I'm Abby. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kaylee. And this week, we're taking a break from reading since Iron Flame really left us in shambles. Uh, And instead, we're going to spill the tea on which tropes left us quaking in our boots or rolling our eyes. All right. So this week, we wrote a list of our favorite and least favorite tropes out. And yeah, we're just going to get right into it. So first, enemies to lovers. We love her. (laughs) We love her. Um, This is my my favorite. Um, Just uh, the the tension and the banter um, of enemies to lovers is truly unmatched, in my opinion. Um, And uh, I think a lot of the books that we read have elements of this um, without maybe being actually enemies to lovers. But um, I I think they also bring that element of like slow burn too, which we Mm -hmm. eat that up. Yeah. I think that's my one caveat for enemies to lovers is that most of the books that are marketed as enemies to lovers are not true enemies to lovers. Um, I know this is Kaylee's gripe too, but they're more like um, slightly tense acquaintances to lovers. um, And (laughs) yeah, It's not as fun. True enemies to lovers is still not my favorite trope just because sometimes I just get like a perma ick (laughs) and I can't Mm. get over it. Like if it's if they're too evil, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can overcome this. But when it's done really well, I'm I'm along for the ride and I'm enjoying myself. (laughs) Yeah. I also think when there when there's like fun spins on it, like I thought um, Serpent and the Wings of the Night did a really good job at this because it's like they're not really enemies but then they become enemies later in the series Mm -hmm. yeah it's not to spoil it um and so it's not like they're just straight out enemies to lovers you know it's like they evolve over time yeah yeah that's a good point and um do y'all have some some favorites so that so serving the wings of night um what else cruel prince is a really good one Mm -hmm. um they they definitely start out as like true enemies in my opinion yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah honestly that's like the only one that i can really think of that in my opinion does actual enemies to lovers because like they genuinely don't like each other even serpent in the wings of the night i wouldn't consider that enemies to lovers because they still are too nice to each other like if one side thinks of the other as an enemy and the other side doesn't that's not enemies to lovers in my opinion like it has to be Mm. mutual malice um but i also may just be being like too picky about it but yeah cruel friends is the only one that i can think of in like recent memory that like really does it in a way like in book one i did not like carden like i was like he's kind of an ass you know he's a bully he's a bully he's a bad man like but, you know, by the end of the book three, I was like, let's go. Love that man. <laughs> well, I think, too, yeah. that it's easy to kind of group things. Um, and I've definitely fell into this trap because I was going to say that I think fourth wing is. And I know that we we are. I think you were like, Maddie, you're like, no, it's not. Um, and I, I think you're right, honestly, because I think it's also easy to fall into the trope of like, or not trope, but like the mindset of um, because they're on different sides, then they are inherently enemies. And a lot of times they're not. There's some tension there, maybe, but the actual people aren't enemies. Mm -hmm. Um, The characters aren't enemies. They're just Mm -hmm. on on separate sides. Yeah. And I think too, like that 
that's kind of another trope, right? We have like a Romeo and Juliet kind of trope. And that's yeah. what Fourth Wing is. Because even yeah. Violet doesn't really hate Zayden when she meets him. Right. Like she is yeah. instantly attracted to him. She wants to talk to him. She knows she shouldn't. So she constantly talks herself out of not hating him. But she doesn't right. hate him. Right? So it's like... But Romeo and Juliet gets classified as enemies to lovers a lot, and it shouldn't because that's just like forbidden love or like star-crossed yeah. lovers. Destined, they're destined to hate each other, but they really don't. Yeah, which I also, yeah. which I do love that trope. So just let that trope be that trope and let enemies to lovers be a different girl, please. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I'll give you that one. You're definitely right. <laughs> All right. What about friends to lovers? Kind of a controver- controversial one. Yeah, I, I'll I, listen. This is I love a friends to lovers. I know this is the this that's the hot take. It's so sweet and soft. I like a I like a I like a bad boy. I like a sweet man too. Um, and I really like when it's done in the way of like they haven't seen each other for a long time, and so mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. has happened to kind of like change how they act or change how this person sees the world and so then they come back together and they're adjusting to the new dynamic of their relationship and how they've changed because I don't think like you're not you shouldn't be friends with someone for 12 years and then like suddenly like you feel emotions like I don't think that's realistic but like a coming together and like oh my gosh we had these childhood memories together but like now we're so different we're adults blah 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 blah. it's really cute I just love it Mm -hmm. it's wholesome that's interesting I I I so um I am yeah I'm I'm not a friends to lovers fan most of the time or at least for a lot of what we read we write I mean we read different things but um especially when we're talking about like fantasy or romanticies like that I I don't tend to like it as much just because I I like the the added tension of enemies to lovers or like you said enemies to lovers adjacent (laughs) tropes um but um but I do th- like I think it's sweet and like more strictly romance books. I do I do like a little bit more of that. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, there's so many Emily Henrys. I- I've read a couple of those. Yes. Um, and I feel like there's there's so <laughs> yeah. Um, I get them mixed up in my head to be honest. But they That's are right. they are fun. They're cute. Um, and so I like it for fantasy or for romance, but not as much for fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think. I think the reason I don't like it is because the friend is typically a guy and he typically is very like they're they're like all the same like they're they're kind of reliable and loyal and Mm. they're just a typical best friend and there's not really anything like unique or special about them and I think that's why I don't like friends to lovers is just because the guy's usually written so I don't know so flat I guess okay here let me let me have a pitch okay (laughs) i'm gonna use fourth wing give us your sales i'm gonna use fourth wing as a foundation okay just so we have easy place to bounce off of okay we have dane right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she dane has been at the school and um you know he has had to go through the first year which has markedly changed him the same way that like we learn like zayden has changed in his time there he's become more callous whatever so mm-hmm. if if there is no Zayden, take Zayden out of the picture, but give mm-hmm. Zayden's edgy boy qualities actually to Dane. She meets Dane again. She's like, oh, he's my comfort person, whatever. And instead she finds now he's like this dark, moody thing because he's been through shit. He's had to make difficult decisions. Like there's a lot that's changed and she has to like rediscover who he is and like readjust and... Either she likes that or she doesn't because she also has to go through the same, like, thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have this I history. Think- but like, so it's it's and it can almost be like a grumpy sunshine too because it's like he's soft. He's now going back to how he was with her in some situations. Like he's softer because of her being there, but he also has to be like kind of hard to everyone else. You know I mean, yeah, this is how I think it can I would. Work. Yeah, I think I would like it in that scenario. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Well, and I think even using fourth wing as an example is uh, like, as we as we know, if you've listened to any of the fourth wing or Iron Flame episodes, um, you know, we know the general consensus on Dane for the most part. Um, there's a, well, sorry, Maddie. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Dane haters in the world or a lot of um, Gale, <laughs> Gale haters in the world um, for mm-hmm. the Hunger Games and stuff like that. And there's a reason for that, right, is because uh, of how they're written. Like, like you said, Kaylee, like typically reliable and stuff like that and because of that they don't a lot of times they don't hold a candle i think to whoever the other um love interest is or you know if there's another one in the picture so mm-hmm. so yeah you're right maybe you know maybe if they're written well written i well. haven't seen many yeah. well written ones i think that's probably part of it at least yeah. in romance or romanticy or fantasy i haven't yeah. read as yeah many. and i do agree with you abby like i think it's particularly difficult to do it in fantasy in a way that makes yeah. sense because you're usually dealing with so much other stuff like in yes. your setting in your world building like it's way easier to throw someone totally new in there than to try and build a dynamic character that makes sense for friends to lovers. So I've mostly only read that in like pure romance books than fantasy. Well, I think friends to lovers is a little more realistic to real life, right? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people maybe meet a significant other, they've known each other for a while and they start dating or they grew up together or whatever. Um, So I think that's probably part of it too, is that there's just this added degree of like intrigue for enemies to lovers or mm-hmm. like you said the romeo and juliet type of trope in a fantasy because it's it's the drama um, it's the drama it's yeah something that's a little bit more has a level of escapism to it so mm-hmm. that's probably part of it you know yeah I, like for me a lot of the times well okay a common fantasy thing right is you have the female main character and she's put in this situation and she's got her her primary love interest that's usually like some kind of a prince or an heir or whatever and then you have um like the head of his guard this is a common like threesome main character that you have Uh like dynamic that you have going on and she's usually very close with the the guardsmen because like they kind of come together and they're like oh my god he's like so difficult to deal with isn't he and they like build a friendship usually Mm -hmm. that's who i'm rooting for to get together not the heir and the the prince girl like not that dynamic i really like the like building a friendship off of like okay we have to survive together and figure this out yeah yeah from blood and ash kind of does that which yeah. I, I hate from Blood and Ash, but, oh. <laughs> but I think I read that. Yeah, I haven't read but it, but. it. It has the guard where they become they get together. So. That's the one where he takes her to like a bookstore or something, right? No, or like oh, okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Then forget it. Well, anyways, <laughs> all right. Next one: miscommunication trope. Um, yeah, I just, I just hate it. Honestly, it's so, it's such an easy problem to fix. Like just talk to each other. I, I feel like this is honestly a cop out Mm -hmm. for authors when they don't, when they can't think critically about like how to create tension between characters and how to give them goals that naturally and organically oppose each other to create conflict. Um, instead I'm just like, 
oh, this really important thing that uh, makes complete sense to share with you. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. So it completely changes how my motivations look to you. And like, we're just going to deal with that for like 400 pages. No, thank you. But I feel like you guys liked it in Bridge Kingdom, though, right? Didn't you guys like the miscommunication trope in that book? So... I'm trying to remember some of the details. I said... (laughs) I remember specifically. I said, I don't like the trope, but this is the best that I've ever seen it done. So, like, if Uh it has to be this trope, this is the best way that I've seen it done. Like, the least annoying to me. But... I like I'm not gonna reread Bridge Kingdom, you know, like it, 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 yeah. But like for Nothing what it was, I respect how it was written and like the motivations made sense to a certain degree. Meh, you know. Was this the yeah. with the letter? Too? Yeah. Was that what it, well, and I think that that's part of it was the yeah the way it was done, the medium through which the miscommunication is happening, right? Like I yeah, it was more interesting. I feel like than some of the yeah. ones I've read. Mostly just because she was, like, an assassin secretly. So, like, she was yeah, always... Yeah, she was also just kind of cool. She was yeah, always lying true. from the beginning. So, like, it felt more natural than, like, we are allies, but I'm not going to tell you this thing for no reason, you know? Yes, exactly that. Like, because she was going into it to for a responsibility. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, this wasn't... Yeah. 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 It made sense that she was lying. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about slow burn romance? Because like I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of slow burn romance. I think it makes the romance build up like so much better and the romance part of it, the book, like it won't be so overwhelming to you. Like you're not rolling your eyes and sick of it. You know what I mean? Like I I like a good slow burn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, this is my favorite. If a book isn't slow burn, I don't want it frankly like I'm not here for it if you're together by chapter five I guarantee I'm bored by chapter 10 like I'm just I need the yearning the longing Mm. the pining the the conflict of like we want to be together but we can't and I need to resist and I need to stay strong and that's what makes (laughs) the eventual getting together actually matter to me well again I think it makes sense and just again fantasy since we tend to read that like um these are characters who are in the midst of you know war they're in the midst of all these other conflicts they're fighting off dragons whatever um you know romance isn't it's an important part of their lives but it's not typically the forefront of what they're doing so Mm -hmm. um i think it almost has to be slow burn for it to make sense um in most cases and yeah for it to be interesting because i'm yeah, if I'm reading a fantasy, I'm here for the romance, mm-hmm. but it's not the main thing. So, And I think it's really done well when there's like other tropes mixed in there. Like yeah. we'll talk about forced mm-hmm. proximity later, but when like forced proximity is sprinkled in a slow burn romance, like I think that oh, makes yeah. the tension yeah. just like so much better. And then mm-hmm. once they finally get together, it's a lot more satisfying than mm-hmm. like an instant love trope. Yeah, yeah, I hate instant love. And I think, too, like, a good enemies to lovers inherently is slow burn, right? Because you have yes. to have a significant amount of time and significant events for them to realize there's more to their enemy than meets the eye. That's naturally going yeah. to be a slower burn. And I think that's yeah. why it's so good. Because it's like and the build you're up building of up. trust. Yeah, the trust, too, um, which is something I know we've talked about in a lot of the um, uh, books that we've been reading is, you know, 
losing that trust, regaining it, mm-hmm. gaining it in the first place, it yeah builds the tension. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Like for me, if it, if it's a trilogy, I don't want them to get together until like a good slow burn for me is like middle of the second book. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I need I need a little. Okay, I guess it depends on what. Yeah, I guess it depends on what we mean by get together because like I I need a little I need a little a little smooch you know yeah. by the end of book by the end of book one I need a little a little a little something it doesn't have to be like it doesn't they they don't have to be permanent they don't have to be really in this it could even be like oh why did we do that you know like yeah. oh my gosh like why yeah but yeah. I need I need a little sprinkle of something some sort of closure by the end of book one so that I know that I'm on the right track like I need yeah. a little bit of payoff but the big payoff can be in the middle of book two yeah personally. they I think they need to know they're interested in each other but it's okay if they think it's still just friends like a series that I do- think does this really well is the Shades of Magic series which starts with a darker shade of magic I don't know if you guys have read it Ooh, I really read that. okay I so the first book we're basically just chilling like we're pals we're we're pals okay and then the second book we kind of like have gone our separate ways and in like the first half you have all of these instances because you're getting a back and forth chapter pov kind of thing you have all these instances Mm -hmm. where they're they're basically like passing each other just like minutes apart and they're almost like interacting again they're like coming so close and then like you know like one person's in a disguise and they don't know but they're still thinking about each other but like they they're not to get like it's so good it's mm. so good. It's like the near like miss it. of it all. It's very good. Yes. And then it's like middle of chapter or mid- middle of book two that like they finally like come back together and you're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It does make the payoff better though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. True. So I like it. All right. Forced marriage. Um, This mm-hmm. one is kind of also clumped together with like the pregnancy trope for me I just get like a general Mm -hmm. ick where it's like I'm not super interested in that like I don't need that I don't even really need like marriage in general (laughs) to be honest like I I just don't really need it in my book I'm I'm chill with us just being together and like that's what it is um but I will say I read um, a pure romance novel called The Bride Test by Helen Huang and that mm-hmm. did it really well. Um, and I was obsessed because it was, again, it was like a slow burn kind of a thing with like a forced marriage. But like, I don't know. It was just done really, really well. But that's basically the only time I've ever been down with the trope. I, you know, originally my thought was that I don't ever like it. But I will say I I think there's a place for it Um particularly when we're talking about like political alliances and stuff mm-hmm. too. It's still not my favorite, but it can be mm-hmm. done well. And um, I, I think too, particularly in fantasies where, you know, these very, these powerful kingdoms um, and uh, rulers and stuff like it can make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not my favorite, um, but if it's done well, it, it's all right. Uh, if it's more of a like political alliance type thing, then I can, then I can see it, you know? I like a forced marriage trope when the when the like the partner that they're marrying isn't the actual love interest. Like I like it when someone is forced oh. to marry someone but they love someone else. Like oh. I think that that's a good like that's Priory good. of the Orange Tree has that. Um, yes. 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 I 
I think that's like, the longing of it and the like, oh, I, I want this other person that I can't have and it's dangerous for us to be together because I'm married. Like, I, I like that trope. Mm, yes. Interesting. Well, and priori is very much, you know, it's about the politics of all of it. Um, too, yeah. So mm, yeah. that is a good example. I did love it in that case. Good point. Good point. Good mm. caveat. Mm. I'm into it. I haven't read Priory, yep. but that makes me more interested to actually delve oh. into the 7,000-page book. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm so excited for you to read it. It took me, like, two damn months to read. I mean, yeah. to it took fair, me a I, month. I'm yeah. a slow reader, but, oh, God. It was so worth it, though. Yeah. If you're listening, do it. I, I believe in you. Do it. Yes. Submit. Send it. <laughs> All right. What about Academic Rivals? So I threw this one on there because I... I haven't read as much of it, but I I like I like it in in theory, and I think that um, maybe I'm maybe this is wrong. Isn't that what Divine Rivals is, or am I just guessing based off of the title? I guess we're Honestly, gonna find out. I don't know. I like I've okay, just I'm heard people it. saying they love Divine Rivals, so like I want to read it, but I have no idea. Maybe I'm, I'm totally completely blind. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, it's been a while since I read Ninth House, and I know that that wasn't a huge element in it, but there was a little bit of that I think with like Alex and Darlington, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And mm-hmm. um, I did I did enjoy that. Um, I but part of that too is like me projecting with. I love dark academia and things like that anyway. So it's like enemies to lovers, but make it academia. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, I I like it. I like it. But that's just me. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I would be interested to see it done in like, okay, so when we talk about academic rivals, I feel almost like I'm too old for it. I'm like, (laughs) you expect me to care about them getting a higher grade than you? Like, I don't fucking care. Like, I I need something a little bit more in this stage of my life. Me in high school, all over it. Like, I used to watch hella animes and stuff, too, that had, like, this trope. Like, ate it up because that was what was important to me at the time. But now I don't really care, you know? Um, Yeah. So I was going to say, like, I would like to see something that does it in a more adult way. But I guess that would be a ninth house. And I still did not like ninth house you weren't a ninth house fan right i yeah. really didn't I, like it i, I wasn't get, a fan of it either i, don't I give it three stars. Like about it yeah i don't but people go crazy for it i don't people know people love ninth house i liked it um but i haven't read the second book because i wasn't i didn't love it so i i don't know maybe i will maybe i, I will. tried maybe the second book but i couldn't get into it yeah i think mm-hmm. it's, it should be a standalone yeah I don't know. I'd be interested to see an academic rivals that makes me care for it. I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see what that because I'm sure it's out there. It has to be somewhere. Yeah, and like you said, for like high school, like uh, me and my fiance met through what we call a nerd club, which was like a debate club. And I was like, this is this is everything. I was like, if we would have met in high school, this would have been we totally would have been. Yeah, rivals. that's a whole nother thing. Academic rivals specifically. So I think it's <laughs> also me projecting as I'm like. Aww, I love this kind of trope. Yes, yes, my wholesome little thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to read some more um, good ones. So if you have Rex, let us know. I think yes. it would almost have to be like a high stakes thing where it's like you're at some weird ass college, but it's like if you're not in the Best top fifteen, <laughs> you, college. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> yeah. in the top fifteen, you become you are slain. You know, like it would have yeah. to matter more than just like for pride and ego reasons. Ooh. Write that one. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll just jot it down. Yeah. There you go. Just jot that one down. <laughs> Write that one down. Easy. I like it. All right. What about the chosen one? 
I like, I really, I, unpopular opinion, but I like the chosen one trope as chosen one trope. Like, as long as the character only has one special characteristic about them and doesn't have, like, a million special things about them because that's yeah. just too much, yep. too much overdone. Yeah. 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 I'm the same way. I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, but uh, we've talked about some ones where they, they have a million different things going for them. And suddenly it's not believable at all anymore. So. Yeah. I think um... – I have like a love hate with the chosen one because especially for fantasy there almost has to be some kind of or I shouldn't say there has to be but for the most part it makes a lot of sense if there's like some kind of chosen one aspect to it where you know they're the forgotten heir or they have the bloodline or they have a you know a power that hasn't been seen for a thousand years or something like that um Mm -hmm. but like you said Kaylee like there's like a quirk a quirkometer and like if they're too quirked up it's i'm out like i just it's too much the probability of one person having all these quirky things about them please please ma'am she needs one thing right just one yeah just one probability as if all these books aren't fantasy anyway and and then it's like yeah what's the probability yeah it's fine they were going to you know be able to fly or whatever anyway you know yes but we we like books because we can get immersed in the world and it's believable in the context of the reality they've set up you know well and i think i think something that makes it more believable too though is when you have a chosen one character who doesn't really want that um and has to deal with a lot of the conflict of and like um issues that come along with it so you know the classic one of the classics being like harry potter right where um being the chosen one comes with the reality of um dealing with his parents death and like Mm -hmm. um knowing that he's always going to have to face this threat of like eventually he's going to have to be the one to to die right um Mm -hmm. born to die basically um and i think as he grows and realizes that then um there's yeah he's he's afraid um and doesn't want to have to deal with that so i think that that adds a layer of complexity to it if it's a character who is really grappling with what it means to be the chosen one yeah yeah and i think too like i don't know personally i feel like we get so much chosen one i've always been like kind of enamored with the idea of a story that actually in two flavors but like one that's just like an average human like person that has nothing special mm-hmm. about them, but decides, like, I'm going to make it work. I really like that in mm-hmm. a character. And, like, mm-hmm. I, that's in, the, like, the Seven Realms series. We can see that. And then also, um, honestly, like, I kind of feel like um, Cruel Prince is kind of that way, too. Because Jude, like, sh- honestly, the thing that's different about her is just that she, like, decides to take no shit. You know? Like, she just decides she's going to make it work and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And certainly she has like some weird family dynamics that you could kind of say she's like a chosen one but she's not like a prophetic chosen one right like she just kind of decides she's gonna figure it out and be get powerful um but yeah that's always really interesting to me it's more interesting than the chosen one because again I feel like they have more hurdles to actually go over to like be successful you know yeah definitely Mm -hmm. but all right one of my favorite tropes how do you guys feel about found family obsessed love yeah. it it's so cute right yeah. love it every time yeah yeah i'm way yeah. more into found family than like regular family <laughs> yeah yeah honestly yeah 
yeah I just, especially like Akatar does it like really well we've got like the main group of friends and then we've got like the valkyrie gals as well um which i loved both of those like i love all of those like side characters and mm-hmm. and Feyre's like relationship with them like and then and then nesta's relationship with them later like i i, I don't know i think it's done really well in Akatar. mm-hmm I think uh, another one does it well, too, that I just thought of was uh, Crescent City, um, which I know we have kind of different feelings on Crescent City, but I um, I do think that there there's kind of like a fun friend group there. And that one even has an interesting layer, too, because um, you have Bryce and her um, brother Rune is also kind of in there. So, like, it is found family. There's this, like, tight-knit friend group, but there's also a bit of um an interesting dynamic where part of that does include like blood family to um mm-hmm. direct direct relations so yeah that, that's fun mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. my favorite rendition of found family is definitely six of crows um it's mm-hmm. like the premise is basically it's like a heist novel and so you they're kind of they build this like really ragtag group of people that have like all these different abilities or skills that they need to like do the heist thing Um, And so they don't know each other basically at all. Like some of them have had some relationships with each other, but for the most part, they're, they're all new together and they're all new to working together. And like, it just makes for lots of interesting conflict and also really good opportunities for like character discovery versus blood family, right? You, you in theory know their history and you know kind of what they've been through. And so there's less like easy opportunities for like big reveals or like lore drops you know right yeah i have to put that one on my tbr um yes it sounds really good it sounds like something i would really like so yeah yeah well another one i just oh six crows episode (laughs) one unless um this is time for me to plug one of my favorite reads too um my favorite of the year so far. I read it at the beginning of the year and nothing has topped it yet. It's oh. still Babel. Babel is still my favorite. Um, but um, there's a really fun found family in that book that's I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, again, getting to, because it's a dark academia, fantasy, um, historical fiction, I think a little bit of, so it, it's got a lot of things going for it. But um, it's the idea of kind of like in dark academia, like a cohort, right? Um, but um, this particular cohort is not only brilliant, um, but also has um, overcome like a lot of things individually and together. And just oh, the yeah, it, it hits you like right in the I chest. Need to it's read so that. good. But it's on my it's, it's so good. I will talk about yeah. it forever. It's it's my absolute fave. But that sounds um, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another really good found family for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So what about Grumpy Sunshine? I love grumpy sunshine it's it's one of my favorite tropes um savage lands does it really well with warwick and the i can't remember what their names are i think it's like bitsy and something else but they're these little like creatures they're these little (laughs) tiny creatures and and they're really cute and like you can't get mad at him and he's like this big grumpy man and he uh he kind of has like a cute like i hate you relationship with them but i don't know it's cute grumpy sunshine Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love too that um, I remember when we, when we did our fourth wing episode, Kaylee, you mentioned like Taryn and Violet being like a <laughs> like a grumpy sunshine of you know in a different dynamic uh, like friends, and I and I that stuck with me too. Like I think it's fun to see like different versions of grumpy sunshine, you know, besides 
romantic ones too so yeah 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 i can't think of any good like romantic um examples of grumpy sunshine off the top of my head because typically it is like a side character and then like the broody bad boy yeah yeah it's like comedic relief almost yeah yeah this is really popular in um not this not me mentioning anime for the second time in one episode i promise i'm not a weeaboo this was just like my middle school high school persona um we support it super popular in anime and they have a word for it that's it's sundere in japanese Mm -hmm. but it's like Mm -hmm. it's like the edgy like they kind of pick on you or they tease you or whatever but then like they have like these really soft moments where it's like they show they really care i like that and i think that's what's like so about it it's like they're different with me like i'm different or like i bring out the best in him or like that kind of a thing is really fun i don't know i just like oh yeah that is fun Mm -hmm. but like i saw um a meme the other day it was for like the myers-briggs personality stuff so i was looking at me and uh, my fiance is one for that too but anyway the meme was like um one of them is like uh will uh protect anyone and then the other one was like we'll kill anyone to protect them Uh, and that which is like our dynamic um but um i love that kind of vibe i think that's Mm -hmm. that's it's so cute so Mm -hmm. yeah i agree Love it. All right. Another controversial one is fake dating. Um, this one, this one's like 50-50 for me. I think it could be fun. Um, I like um, Electric Idol um, by Katie Robert. And I think this is one that she does really well. She has the Neon God series, um, which I've talked with some friends about, depending if you like spicy or not. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think, have you read it? You've read it, Maddie. I DNF'd it. I do. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I, yeah, different. I don't think we'll ever read that for the pod, but um, I did (laughs) electric idol because I thought it was a fun concept. Anyway, uh, fake dating was a big one in that. And I think that she, she did it well. So I I liked it. I thought it was fun, but yeah, I think I really like fake dating. Um, I didn't know it was controversial. I didn't know we were, I didn't know it was cool with the zoomers. Um, but (laughs) I really like it, especially my favorite version of it is when it's in like short doses. So it's like we're traveling together and then to like gain access to an area or to go undetected or to appear different, like we need to act like we're dating or married or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I think that's really fun because it gives you these like good little moments where it was like, ooh, that felt so organic. But I'm sure he's just like a good actor. Like, I'm sure she didn't mean to like, she didn't mean it that way. Like, oh, oh, right. ooh, he kissed me. Like, ooh, okay, I guess this is just for the thing. You know, like, I like those little moments of like building, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think I haven't, I can't think of any books that I've read fake dating in. I've just seen it in a lot of movies. And I think it's mm. just like, overdone and it's it's boring like i think there are so many better tropes that you can you can pick than fake dating unless it's it's probably like contemporary romance that we're seeing fake dating in i would i would guess um and i don't read a lot of that so yeah i can't can't think of seeing fantasy much yeah i will say an interesting one um yeah it's contemporary romance but getting back to um uh oh god the author I was talking about earlier, the fantasy or the romance author. I'm gonna forget her name now. Emily Henry. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, anyway, it's not uh, Christina Lauren, it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um uh the one that she put out earlier this year, the idea is that um it's a couple that was engaged and they had a really tight friend group during like college and things like that. And they do this like 
I think it's annual trip or something to this like lake house. And that couple has um, split up and is no longer engaged, but they haven't been, they've been worried to like tell their friends this because it's, you know, a big change to their friend group. So they're like, okay, for the sake of the trip, we're going to pretend that we're still together. Um, so it's an engaged couple with the backstory too of this really close, like tightly knit friend group that they're trying to hold together and not like ruin this experience for. And it was, it was very well done. Um, it hurt. It, yeah. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. So. Cause then you almost get like a second chance romance too. Yes. That's what it turns into basically. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Too, like talking of like pure romance, um, Christina Lauren has one called the unhoneymooners that is like really, really popular. Um, yes. and it wasn't my yeah. favorite Christina Lauren book, but very similar premise. It's like, her, I think it's her sister wins like this honeymoon trip for free, but her sister can't go for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the circumstances, but like, of course, she ends up having to go with um, this guy at her work that she like hates, essentially. Yeah. She like resents him, whatever. And so they go on the honeymoon trip together, but they have to act like it's their honeymoon. Um, and it was fun. It was fun. You know, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. I can see why it's popular for sure. Yeah. Well, and the other one, too, um, I... I always, of course, return to some of our big YA ones, but um, mm. I think with obviously like with the Hunger Games where you get those where Peta and Katniss mm, aren't really yes. together, the the very popular quote about like, yeah. uh, you know, you can kiss me whenever you like or something yes. like that but, um, when they're in the cave. Um, and so um, that's always a classic example of, um, you know, yeah, they, they a have a very example. specific reason why they're doing it, but oh, it's, yeah, that's always one of my favorites. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, what about the resurrection trope? Probably our most hated, hate, the one we hate. Yeah, the most. yeah. we, I swear, like, when you have, yeah, another, another drinking game where it's just like every time we mention how much we hate resurrection trope, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever spoken highly of resurrection trope. No. I'm trying to have think we? if there's any books I've liked it in. I know, I was just trying to think, is there anyone that I think has done it? Well I like it in yeah. book one of Serpent and the Wings of the Night. I think it makes sense in book one because we need the whole the end to happen I won't yeah yeah it. i agree i to- i tolerated it then i, I was okay it. with it yeah yeah it was everything else. About it. yeah yeah compared to everything else that was happening that was the that was the least important sin of the end of that book yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there was there was so much going on where i like didn't now the fact the fact that it comes back again yeah the yeah. trope comes yeah it's yeah. too much you can if you're an, like if you're writing a series Please, maybe don't include this. But if you're going to include it, don't do it multiple times. No. Like, no. Yeah. And two, no. I think there's something to be said for like, if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. it can't just be they die. The next chapter, they're alive again. Yeah. We have, there has to be some sort of difficult process with a bunch of hurdles that we go through to get to the person that can do it, but they need us to do this like extremely, you know, it needs to be difficult and hard and a constant choice Mm -hmm. that the character is making to do this thing that this is important to them. It can't just be like, actually, we really liked her. So we're going to all combine our powers and resurrect her because she was kind of dope or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly Fucking yeah dumb bro i agree kind of cool <laughs> yeah so yeah especially, i can't really think of any other ones that i like Mm-mm. yeah no i don't know especially like a love interest just be, let people die okay if you're gonna kill someone have the balls to let them stay dead please okay well like i don't know if this really counts 
but like um you know with like twilight with bella mm. almost dying in like when she's giving birth to renezme like you always oh, know that yeah. bella's gonna end up being a vampire so like that like that that was going to happen and i don't really know if i even consider that resurrection trope but adjacent and th- that makes sense because that was always going to happen like we knew that that was going to happen yeah. right that was yeah the most obvious thing so well she has like an out and at least then like they've been fighting against her being a vampire for so long that it's like well this is just like what we need to do to get her to survive like that has been a constant source of like tension between her and edward like throughout the series just because he's like so against the idea of her being a vampire so yeah which makes it acceptable i guess i don't know there were a lot of other things i didn't like it it had the pregnancy trope which i was an instant i've never i've never liked the pregnancy trope so it was an instant for the fact that the fact that like as a side note on the pregnancy trope the fact that that gets introduced into akatar during um a court of frost and starlight so like the fact that it's included at all but the fact that that's a spoiler before that oh well (laughs) Spoilers! Spoilers! If you're on book talk and you haven't read Akatar yet. Like that's like for me. Like with um, uh, shoot, what's the other series? Star um, Wars. <laughs> yeah, I spoiled Star Wars last week. If you haven't seen that, yeah. um, uh, no, uh, oh, Throne of Glass. I'm never gonna get mad when I see Throne of Glass spoilers because I'm the one that's behind. Okay, like it's yeah, yeah I'm the problem, true. right? I'm the problem. I, like, let's be real here. You're not yeah. gonna offend me with that. I should have caught up. You know, I'm behind. So. Yeah. Um, who sorry, gets pregnant sorry. in a, the starlight? Who's pregnant? Feyre. Yeah. Actual? Yeah. Yeah. Ew, I hate that. Yeah. Everyone hates it. I forgot it. that you it's had a universal that I'm No, I quit after book three. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and of course, the starlight's the novella. So that's the thing, too, is like that gets introduced in the novella and then it becomes a big thing in the next book. Um, which isn't even her book. It's Nesta's book. But mm. anywho. Yeah. I did think this is completely kind of irrelevant. But at the end of Akatar, um, when she has that moment where like everything is over, but she there's like a moment where like Reese like looks at her and he like gets all like shocked and has this like moment of like realization and then he like runs away or whatever. And we know now it's it's the mating thing. But at the time I was like, Oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> I thought she was pregnant oh. with Tam's baby. Uh, I thought that was going to be... Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Juicy. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And mm. I was like, mm, typical. Bitch gets resurrected. Yeah. Now she got a baby. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crossing off all the... checking off all the boxes. Mm-hmm. All the tropes. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anywho. Any, anywho. The last but not least one is... Or maybe it's the least one. It's Love Triangles. I, I, let so, me start with our disclaimer, okay? Yeah, get into it. Uh, Maddie's disclaimer. Yeah, a true yeah. love triangle, if you kids don't know, person A <laughs> likes person B, person B likes person C, person C likes person A. It creates a triangle, okay? The media <laughs> has taken the love triangle media. to mean person A kind of likes person b and person c and they both like person a so she has 
or she usually Mm -hmm. has a choice between like these two people that she's kind of into for different reasons you know it's very much like Katniss Gail Peta sort of a thing Mm -hmm. it's not Gail and Peta are not interested in each other they are beefing over the single person unless unless novella unless teaser I still hate Gail too much for that it would have to be like Jacob and Edward like yeah unless I hated Gail at the time people loved Gail though I hated Gail. I was People always a Gail. Fun of me I, I always hated girl. him too. I will, I will, I will be forever proud. And like Gail would be more of my like classic in terms of just like looks and mm-hmm. initial vibe. Would Gail be more my style? But I hated his ass. He was terrible. He and then of course you know unforgivable once you get to Mockingjay, right? But he's annoying as hell. Anyway, side yeah, side note. But yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Love triangles aren't. A lot of times things that we call love triangles aren't love triangles. Yeah. So when we say love triangle trope, we're talking about how it's referred to commonly, which is the the one main character and the two love interests. Okay. Yeah. And I like that. I'm here for that. I, I like, like having that. a choice. I like yeah. having a choice, a little bit of beef. Okay. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I like it too. I think the infernal devices, it's still one of my favorites, um, even though I read it when I was in like middle school, but um, mm-hmm. I think it does it the best, which I won't spoil it since I think that book's like making a resurgence because I've seen it more recently on like book talk and stuff, but I won't, Ooh. I won't spoil it, but it, ha- it does a love triangle really, really, really well. So that's I, fun. I will say I don't like when the love triangle isn't real like if there if the okay for example twilight right you have bella Mm -hmm. um and you have edward and jacob nobody ever in their right fucking mind thought that she was going to choose jacob even as a jacob girly it was very obvious that she was like only into (laughs) edward that's not a love triangle okay that's just jacob pining after bella for no reason, frankly. Yeah, if but it's like, one-sided, if it's like a one-sided, then yeah, yeah right. Not really there needs triangle. to be yeah. a push and a pull to both sides of like that. Those those. Whereas I think Gail, I I do think Gail was believable um, as an option. Yeah. I still like because I think well, and again, I since the romance there is very much secondary. Um, I I think that's part of it too. Is it was just, um you yeah wondered if like her and Peta a were gonna make it out alive and like b if they could you know how they could possibly be together in a situation like that so you know having gail the guy from home who's reliable who's something that she knows and understands um i feel like that was always an option Um, yeah and for a lot of the books katniss is like she's like frankly uninterested in Peta for the most part which is it's but like not in a terrible way it's just like she's like bro i can't i don't have the capacity for this right i got now. shit to do yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. and to his credit like he's just like even though it's always clear i think that he is interested in katniss yeah, yeah like i think that's part of the good thing about the romance in that books is that yeah romance is obviously going to take a back seat um when you're fighting for your life <laughs> um yeah uh so uh yeah i think there's always a good balance in those books for sure mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. True. Okay. If everyone has said their piece, that's all the tea we have on our favorite uh, tropes. So um, please read along with us for the next episode. We're going to do Divine Rivals. Uh, finally, we're very excited. Uh, clearly, we have no idea what it's about, but <laughs> yeah, we're going in blind. <laughs> we yeah. shall see. Yay. <laughs> 
Um, you can also stay up to date uh, with the latest tea on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube by following us at, at Spill the Novel Tea on all the things. Um, while you're there, let us know um, what is your favorite trope um, and what is your least favorite trope. And also, if you have a book that does a trope that we don't like that you think would change our mind, please comment and Ooh. let us know. We are open yeah. to seeing new things and new ways of doing the things. So I yes, would love to feel exactly. differently. <laughs> yes. Give me a good give me a good academic rivals quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm yeah. I really would like that. Don't say nine pounds, please. Or give me a fake dating one that I might actually like. I don't mm, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta convert Kaylee over to the fake dating fans. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.